I am super excited to get an opportunity to share today. Today happens to be one of my favorite days of the whole year. It has nothing to do with Groundhog's Day, believe it or not. It's been a long time since I let woodland creatures dictate my hope. Um, And not only, it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? I mean, that's super exciting. But it's also my wife's birthday. So that's super great. So I'm going to sing happy birthday to you. That's right. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. I would not do that to y'all. But I love you, babe. The Lord's really good to me, and I'm so thankful for her. So I hope that's fair for me to do. I'm going to, as a way of introduction, I'm going to share a story. A couple weeks ago, um, maybe, I forget if it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, but we were getting ready for church, and Sunday mornings are generally super, super challenging. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only parent who has ever felt that way, but the process of preparing your children to leave the door to get to church on time can be exhausting. And it's something about just Sundays in church, because it's like Saturday morning, we're going to Costco, and the kids are like dressing in the car already. But it's like, well, we're going to go to church. Like, I don't want to get dressed. And it's like, hey, go get dressed. We got to go to church. And they're like, no, I don't want to do it. It's like, you know, stop. Go get dressed. And like by the third or fourth time, you know, usually my my blood pressure is up and, you know, I'm I'm not doing super well. So a couple weeks ago, I was really trying to focus on being patient with them. And so the third time I, you know, instead of raising my voice like I'm inclined to do normally, I walked over and very, I was very calm and very nice. I was like, please get off of your sister and go get dressed so we can go to church. And I was like, you know, inside I was like, but I was, I was just so frustrated with them. And I was frustrated with Christy because I think, you know, she probably reminded me about being patient with them. Um, and I was like, I just, I don't, I don't have it in me this morning, but I was like, okay, here's the deal. I can fake it. Okay. Cause we're getting ready to go to church. And then like at church, people were going to shake my hand and say, Hey, and right now I'm not in a hey sort of mood, so I'm going to fake it. I'm going to smile nice to my kids, and I'll speak softly to them. And if Christy says anything, I'll just smile and nod. And whatever she wants this morning, it'll be fine. And I'll get to church, and maybe I can, like, really quick kind of find my seat, and it'll be okay. And I'll just, I'll just I'm going to make it through this. And then the Lord rebuked me. Can you believe that would happen? <laughs> And he said, the Lord tests hearts, which comes from um, Proverbs 17, 3. The fire is for silver and gold, but the Lord tests hearts. And I was like, Ugh, I, can't, I can't just fake it, can I? I can't get by this thing just winging it and just pretending to be okay, because that's not what you're interested in, is it, Lord? So that was hard. Um, and I had to, you know, adjust my heart attitude towards my children and get my head right to come and be at church. And it was, it was great and it was good. But usually uh, my process when I, I'm invited to share, something will happen that, you know, then is leading me towards, okay, as, well, here's, let me say this. As a steward of this time, then part of my responsibility is measuring, is this just something that the Lord has for me, or is this a word that the Lord has for the church at large? Because that's what this, this time is about. 
And so I was, had that in my mind, and then that day at church, Byron was pre- preaching about a move, or he talking about, in his sermon, he was talking about a move. And I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, you know, there's a, you know, I feel like there's a move coming. Like, you can kind of sense that the Lord's about some business right now. And then Friday, we had a special worship service, and Will was talking about, you know, the next awakening, the next time where God's doing something majestic and marvelous, and that's, we're on the brink of that. And I was like, this message isn't just for me. This, this thing about, you know, testing my heart, that's not just a word for me. That's a word for us. As we're looking to enter into what the Lord is about to do, you know, what's that move look like? I don't know. You know, what's, what's going to happen? I don't know. But I feel like we have an opportunity as a church of being on the front lines of that. You know, that's something that we get to participate in. But in the midst of that, I think we had the opportunity to test our hearts. Is my heart in a place, Lord, where you can use me in your move? Is that something that I am able to step into now because of where I'm at? So this morning, we're going to be talking about heart conditions. I hope that's okay. So in the, um, Denise, what version did I give you of that? Proverbs 17? The New Living Translation. The fire is for silver and gold, and the Lord tests hearts. In the, um, in the NIV translation, I think any other translation, it, it, it gets really literal, and it uses the word crucible. The crucible is for gold. Furthermore, or in the same way as, or that connection between the idea of a crucible and gold is the Lord's interaction with our hearts. You know, a crucible is, you know, an item that you would put your gold into to, historically, to test if it's real gold or not. Right? You put chunks of gold as you dig it up, and it burns off. In the process, it burns off all of the stuff that's not gold. Everything else melts away. And that what's remaining is gold. So you can use that as, you know, because there's lots of stuff that glitters. But it's not really gold. So you can use a crucible as an examination of, is this really gold? Furthermore, the Lord tests hearts. And I feel like that's life, isn't it? Doesn't life feel like a crucible sometime? Like you're, the Lord's burning off impurities? But I feel like it's always opportunity for the Lord to test our heart. How is your heart condition? Where's your heart at? So I'm going to share another story. Um, and this one's embarrassing. Um, but, uh, you know, I share this in the youth group all the time, so they've, they've all heard it. So if I've, if I've shared it with them, I can share it with you all, and that's okay. When I was in college, um, I was obviously a young man at the time. And as a young man, I um, had this issue where a vast majority of my self-worth was tied into the amount of affections I received from young ladies. At that point in my life, I did not have a lot of (laughs) self-worth. Believe it or not. I know that may be hard to believe, guys. but Um, And then once upon a time, I was maybe a junior in college. Um, This young, cute thing started paying attention to me. I was like, this is awesome. She's like, I kind of like you. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, and it was like totally feeding this place inside me that was looking for something. I was like, this is something I want to pursue. 
a relationship with a cute young thing. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Here's the issue. Um, in college, high school and college, we had a really tight group of friends. You know, there was maybe you know, four of us who were just really, really close and then a bigger group. Like, we all went to school together. We were all youth leaders together. We were best friends. We did everything together. Our, you know, we spent almost all the time together. This girl happened to be one of my best friend's ex-girlfriend. And at the moment, he was still desperately in love with her. So I, you know, I was a good friend. And I said, hey, you know, would you mind if I pursued this relationship? He was like, yes. He probably used stronger words than that. He's like, there's no way. This ain't happening. I'm not okay with that. I did it anyway. One of the, you know, single most painful decisions that I've made in my life was to pursue this thing that I wanted, even though I knew in the midst of it, it was going to cause pain. And I knew it wasn't a good idea. But tell me if you've ever heard this before, but my heart wanted what my heart wanted. Have you heard that? So I started pursuing this thing that was painful. And I mean, you know, in, in the midst of that, it, it, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but it ruined my life. You know, I mean, all the relationships I had then got blown up. You know, I mentioned that we did everything together. That stopped. And even when, you know, I got to a point where I realized this relationship wasn't legitimate, I was just doing it because I was self-conscious, and we moved on. Damage was done. There, there wasn't repairing the friendship and the unity and the cohesion that we had before, all because I was pursuing this thing that I thought I really wanted. Y'all heard here, it's super popular in our earthly culture to talk about following your heart. Yeah? Especially like when you go to college or when you're doing something, people talk about your passions. They're like, follow your heart. Just do what your heart says. Like, that's stupid. Like, that's really not a good idea, church. Like, here's an example of where I was following my heart. This is what I wanted, and I was going to get it. And it was awful. Like, what a bad choice. If you want a biblical example of somebody following their heart, that's what happens with David, right? Talking about a cute young thing. He looks out, and he sees Bathsheba, and he's like, that's, that's what I want. And then he conspires to commit murder, essentially, Right? He connives a way for her husband to die because he wants to follow his heart. And I love, I really appreciate that that story is in the Bible because I appreciate the honesty in it. That the Bible doesn't shirk away from the poor choices that as humanity we make. But then it follows up with there are consequences to when you do things. I feel like if that was a Hollywood story, there, you know, it would probably not talk about the consequences. Gosh, I can't, I can't think of the example, but I know when I was in high school, there was a movie that was up for an Academy Award that, you know, the, the main, not the main point, but one of the main facets of the movie was, you know, the woman and her husband were estranged, and she had it in her mind that she loved this other guy. And the end of the movie, like, they got together, and it was such, like, a celebrated thing in the movie that she was able to follow her heart, leave her husband, pursue this other thing, and at the time being like, that's not good. 
But that's something that, you know, I think our earthly culture celebrates. Follow your heart. Do what's in your heart. Let me tell you what Jesus says about your heart. This is Matthew 15, 19. This is the state of our heart according to Jesus. For from the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. And our culture says, follow your heart. That's, no, that's a horrible idea. Right? How could that possibly lead to anything positive? Really, church, what we need to be doing is following Jesus' heart. Right? How do I align myself with Jesus' heart for something? Rather than trusting my own heart for the things that I think that I might want? Because this is the state of my heart. Right? At its base sinful nature, I don't, I don't think I can trust it. But if I can align myself with Jesus's heart and what he wants, then I can partner with him and function as his servant here on earth. Right? I find um, yesterday, I feel like I was able to practice what I preach. That was good. Um, Ended up going to Walmart, which in and of itself is not something that I ever prefer. But I do it sometimes because, you know, life happens. We need a turkey. <laughs> when you need turkey, you get, sometimes you just got to go to Walmart. But um, apparently, I discovered this yesterday, the one place that you don't want to go on the day before the Super Bowl is the hot sauce aisle at Walmart. <laughs> it took me four minutes to get hot sauce. Just because, you know how people like drop their cart and like go over here and do something else. And then like there's traffic and you're like, what is this chaos? And it's like, you know, my need inside of me for order. The part of me that loves spreadsheets is the part that really doesn't want to be in the hot sauce aisle at Walmart on the day before the Super Bowl. I can't, I can't handle the chaos. And I think my, um, my default is to get really mad. That's that same default when people don't use their turning signal when they're driving. There's that place inside of me that so I think my default in Walmart when I can't get to the hot sauce I want is to grumble and complain and get mad at people. So yesterday I was like, Lord, I need to have your heart in this situation. How can I partner with you right now in the midst of this being awful? So I started praying for people who were in my way. You know, the people like, had there only been one bottle of hot sauce I wanted and somebody else grabbed it, it might've been a different story. But I was at least, you know, this person stepped in my, left their cart right there, right in the middle of where I was trying to be. It's like, Lord bless that person. Cause I know that you love them. And it totally changed the experience. And it went from being this horrible, awful, like here I am stuck in Walmart and I can't even get the Buffalo wild wing sauce that I'm looking for because these people are in my way, to doing ministry. And it was a really great opportunity. I, I also realize that I get to use that sometimes in my, in my job. You know, because all of, most all of my friendships are, you know, somewhat related to river life. 
and I deal with church stuff a lot. I mean, this is, this is most of my world outside of work. And so for the most part, I'm dealing with people who I feel like are sane and good people. In my work world, I don't always feel that way. And I see how other people outside of maybe the church, church live because I, I, I get to have some crazy conversations with some crazy people. But if I can, in those instances, I know this to be true. If I can change my heart attitude towards that person, and if I can see that they're not just like a pain or some idiot who's causing me grief, but if I can see them as somebody who needs the Lord, that they're in pain, they need their life to be touched by Jesus, it changes my day around. Because then rather than being frustrated and being angry that this person's telling me this stuff that's literally crazy, I can pray for them kind of in my head as we're meeting and believe that the Lord can do something in their life. And then all of a sudden I have the Lord's heart for them instead of my heart for them. Because my base heart nature is not, I think, a heart nature that you would want to have for other people. Right? I just, you know, I got to, I still got, I'm work in progress, right? I still got to work on the turning signal people. But I'm, I'm, because it's so hilarious. Honestly, this is true. I left Walmart. And I was like, I'm doing so good. And then somebody turned without turning on their signal. I'm like, what? And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I got, I'm a work in progress. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But the thought is that if I can move to a place where I'm aligning my heart with God's heart, maybe I can follow his heart. Maybe what he wants to do, I can be on board with and partner with and move with. And maybe then I can be used by him in those areas. Let's be honest. The Lord's going to do what the Lord's going to do. If the Lord's going to move, the Lord's going to move. I believe that he can do that with or without me. But that's not the designation of being a Christian. The great opportunity that we have as followers of Christ is invitation to participation. And I know I talk about that all the time, like when I pray for the offering. But that's such a big part of what I think the Lord's heart is for us, is that he's invited us to do this thing with him. So if the Lord's going to move, if the Lord's going to do something, I want to be a part of it. And the Lord is inviting me to be a part of it. And that's corporate. That was really on my heart this morning while we we were singing, is this is something that the Lord's doing here. So this is a corporate activity. So at some point, I don't know what that looks like, but it stops being about me and my heart and us and our hearts. Church, if we want to be a part of what the Lord's doing, there's invitation for that. But corporately, I think we can examine our hearts and see if our hearts are aligned with what the Lord's doing, with where his heart is at. This is totally an aside, but every time, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Um, Every time we sing hallelujah, I always like want to share this. So I'm going to share it now because I have the mic. Um, hallelujah means sing to God, but it doesn't just mean that because English is awful and can't convey the power of words like a lot of ancient languages can. The verb to sing is the plural imperative. We must, we've got to let us sing to God. There's this like need, this corporate need of let us sing to God. And I don't know why every time we sing that, I just, I know that there's power on that word, 
But I think there's this, it was the nature of culture or of, of community, the nature of community, because that, that's part of the identity of God. And then drawing us into that and up to him, that was an aside. But I think this is a um, corporate thing that's happening, folks. The other thing I think that we can examine our hearts about are the things that we desire. Are the things that we desire in line with the things that the Lord desires? And I think that's a big question. As a young Christian, I'd read, this is Psalm 37.4. And I was frustrated by it. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So as an immature Christian, I was like, where's my car? I desire a Cadillac. Let's go. Or whatever. It was probably a Corvette at that point. I'm trying to think what was cool back in the 90s. You know? But that's what, that's what my heart was at. Like, I have desires in my heart. Well, let's be, let's be real. At that point, it was probably like, if the Lord loves me, I'm going to have a girlfriend. Because that's what I desire. And I think when those things didn't happen there's hurt and there's frustration and there's pain because I wanted this thing and I didn't get it. I didn't know, I think there's a greater context to this verse because I think the Lord actually wants to change my desires, not the objects that I desire for, but the actual desires of my heart can come more in line with the desires of his heart. Have joy in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. He'll take the things that you want and replace it with the things that he wants. And isn't that a better place to be than wanting some garbage and then not getting it and throwing a fit? Because that's what we do. We throw a fit when we don't get what we want. Oh, and it can be so hard, can it? Especially when we are so positive that the thing that I desire is exactly what the Lord wants or when we're desperate for it. Lord, I need this. I need to have this thing. This is the desire of my heart. Give it to me. I'm sure we've all had those prayers. We've all been in those moments when we were desperate for something. Lord, this has got to be your will because it's a good thing. I need this. Those things don't always happen, right? So when those situations occur and we've prayed for something, we've been desperate for something, and it doesn't happen, we can become heartbroken. And it's really true with anything that we invest our emotions in, our heart, that then doesn't work out the way that we want it. Right, they use that term to talk about relationships most frequently. You know, I was in love with this person and they left me. Now I'm heartbroken. Which is, you know, yeah, that happens. But I think it's any time that we invest our emotions in something that we want. And then that thing doesn't work out. So I think, you know, brokenhearted from not being in a relationship anymore. Or brokenhearted because we wanted somebody to still be around and they're not around anymore. Or brokenhearted because we asked the Lord to do something and he said no. I mean, we have broken hearts. 
We've been through this crucible enough that some of us have taken damage. And I think that's part of the journey is that stuff, stuff happens. But that's not the, supposed to be the end. That's not supposed to be the last of the story is that, well, you're brokenhearted. Deal with it. Or, you know, what the world would tell you is they would say something to the effect of, you know, time heals the broken heart. I don't know about your experience, but I don't know that that's true. I don't know that time heals anything. I think time makes things less immediate, which a lot of times equates to less painful. Time allows us to compartmentalize emotions better. But I don't know that time heals anything. You know what heals stuff. You know what heals a broken heart? Jesus does. Right? Time. What good does that do? I'll just sit on this pain for the next 20 years. Like, are you kidding me? Psalm 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. It's part of the design of this journey is stuff's going to happen. But the Lord is the one who heals those things. So we can do what we need to do and go on. I think, you know, that's equally important. I was talking about the aligning our hearts with the things that God wants and, you know, following his heart. But I think equally important is making sure that our heart is in a condition to do so. Because I think it's super easy in instances where we've desired something or longed for something and wanted something and haven't gotten it, that we harden our hearts. It's super easy to stop hoping for things or stop dreaming because the dreams that you had never came true. The hopes that you had didn't work out the way you wanted. It's easy to harden our hearts to what the Lord may want to do in the future. And if nothing else, you know, if, if we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so much sore that he just oozes out of us. Sometimes that's hard to do if your heart's broken. You know, I just see the image of like, then it's not able to fill up all the way to the point where it's pouring out. You know, it's cracked. I totally did not mean... Um, for this to be like a pre-Valentine's Day message. It was not on my radar. But last night we were talking to our kids about ways in which the Lord may speak to you. And I, I was sharing about the first time that I recognized that the Lord was sharing something with me. And I was 24. Because I grew up um, in a you know, religious culture that didn't, wasn't looking for that. It wasn't on my radar that God would actually talk to me. Right? Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so a 24-year-old, I'm sitting in the church, you know, probably about where Doug is when we were facing this way. And I was thinking about Valentine's Day because it was that time of year. So this is, you know, maybe, maybe today, but 14 years ago. Um, you know, and I was thinking about Valentine's Day. And what do you think about when you think about Valentine's Day? 
love. Yeah, I was thinking about love. And then in the Valentine's Day context of hearts, right? Like you go into a classroom in elementary school and it's like pink and purple and red hearts and it's everywhere. It's like super gross, but it's everywhere. And I was just thinking about, so in my mind was that was the context of heart that I was thinking about. And then the Lord showed me his heart. And having never been in that situation before, it was a little bit startling, but it was also super impactful because his heart was huge. It was like, this is not super graphic. If it is, just deal with it. You know, like a a normal human heart, but like bulging. And it was juicy because it was so overflowing. It was so filled with love. And just like the visceral image was so real. It's like, what a joke are these red and pink and purple hearts everywhere? You know, in the world's concept of love, because it's so fickle, right? Because we do things like we follow our hearts. And we have, like, we romanticize that. Like, oh, you should follow your heart. You know, like, no, don't. Abort mission. We need to follow Jesus' heart. You know, because when we align for, when we align ourselves with the creator of the universe, the one who, who made the design, when we engage in that design, we're functioning as we're supposed to. We're partnering with the Lord to function in the way that we were created to. And in the midst of that, there's wholeness and there's fulfillment and there's joy. Emma, what's joy? Oh yeah, I'm going to come back for you the next one too. So get ready. Right, Joy is something that exists because God exists. It's part of who he is, and it's always and ever. So when we have the joy of the Lord, that's a non-conditional thing. But let me, oh, I did not write this one down. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I have it on my phone. Um, please save that page. James. Four. Um, sorry, y'all, but I think this is worth it. I think it's worth taking a second to get this. Mm, uh, three. James 4, 3. So James is talking about the church pursuing the things that he wants to. And just before that, if you put James 4, 3, I'll read the, the part leading up to this. He says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. That's our heart nature. When we're pursuing following our heart or when we're using as an excuse, well, the heart wants what the heart wants. So I'm going to do it. We're pursuing things that make us happy. Emma, what's happiness? Totally. It comes from getting something. Happiness comes from getting something. It's a cause and effect situation. Something happens, you feel good about it. Right? This girl looked at me with sparkly eyes and my heart swooned. 
And I wanted more of that. I wanted to pursue that because my desires were messed up. I was only looking to satisfy this thing inside of me that gave me pleasure or that made me happy. Right? But that's not, that's not the design, church. The design is, how can I partner with what the Lord wants? In that, there's joy. There's functioning the way that I was created to function. There's wholeness. Right? Honestly, church, have you been broken because you got hurt? You wanted something and it didn't work out. I don't know if that's everybody, but I assume that most people have been in that situation. I don't think that's the, you know, let me say this. Let's get over that today. I think this is a, a, an opportunity that the Lord would like to accomplish. So don't poo-poo this. If you have settled for time to heal your broken heart, We're done with that today. If you have secret or hidden or compartmentalized breaks in your heart, we're going to pray for that in a minute. And we're going to pursue the Lord to bring healing to those spots. If you feel like you are not aligned with what the Lord is about and what the things are that he's passionate about, We're going to pray for that too. Because I think if we can get to a place where our heart is whole, and we're we're going to pursue healing for that, then we can move to a place of, Lord, my heart and your heart are one. What you're doing, I'm about. Use me in that. So then, when whatever is coming on the horizon, whatever move the Lord's doing, we corporately are in, and we're all in, and our hearts are whole, and our hearts are aligned with him, and what he's passionate about, he's already got willing hearts to take up his cry and do what he's doing. But we can't do that unless we've made sure the alignment of our heart is with his heart. If we're pursuing the things that we want, that make us happy, that's just not, it's not, we don't, we don't work efficiently in that model because that's not how we're designed. Although what a stupid thing that we do that we always go that route because the heart wants what the heart wants. No, I'm done with it. Right? Lord, I, my heart wants what your heart wants. I want that for, my, for myself. I want that for my wife. I want that for my kids. Gosh, can that be a hard one? I want that for this church. Right? I mean, it, I, I think that's it, you know, is, Lord, we just want to give it to you and let you have it. And what you're about, we're about. And we just want to tune in and go on this ride with you. So, let's pray. If you all would, let's, let's stand. Is that okay? And then I'm going to pray. Um, 
I'll pray for us corporately. And if you are on board, just kind of in faith, maybe partner with what I'm saying. And then we'll, we'll go on from there. Well, Lord, right now, Father, I repent. Which means I change my mind about my past heart condition. Lord, I repent for desiring things that bring me happiness. Lord, I turn away from those things. Father, and I turn to you. Lord, I just pray that our hearts would align. Lord, that you would give me your heart for me and for your people. That when I look at others, I would see them with the never-ending love that you have for them. And that I couldn't help be broken, Lord, when they're broken. And feel joy when they feel joy, Lord, because I'm, I'm plugged into your heart. Father, we cry out. We need a heart replacement this morning. Exchange our hearts for your hearts. That we would desire the things that you desire. And Lord, right now I pray for broken hearts. Lord, so many of us carry pain or disappointment or hurt or anguish because of the past and things that have happened. So, Lord, we also reject the notion that that's our pain to carry. You don't have a right to it anymore, church, because we have exchanged our heart for his. You don't have a right to that pain anymore. Jesus died on a cross to carry that burden for you, so give it to him. Those places where I hurt are yours, Lord. Take them. Heal my heart. So often there's a void when stuff's removed, so Lord, fill that space with you. Fill that space with your love for the people around me. Y'all, God is so good. I say that both in the context of, like, why wouldn't we want our hearts to be like his heart? But also in the context of, stop carrying that stuff. The Lord's good and he wants it. And I feel like he paid enough to have it. So we need to give it to him. So when we wrap up, and Will will help facilitate some of this, but if you have lingering spaces and you're not sure, don't, guys, let's, let's move forward, church. As the ministry team comes up, let's deal with those things today. If you need to come pray with me, I'll listen to your broken heart. And then we're going to do a heart transplant for you. And we're going to move on to what God's going to do in the future because corporately church, we're whole and we're healed and we're ready for what he has next. And we're prepared for the next move of God because we've aligned our hearts with his and he can use us and we can function in the way that we were meant to function. Hallelujah. Oh man, this is so significant. This is so significant. We're lining up. We're lining up right now. Listen, we got some time. The kids, kids are good for a little bit. If you're a parent. 
We're lining up right now. All right, so we got we got a couple things that that, that we're that we're going after right now. We're doing. If your heart is broken in any area, I want you to come up and respond to the Lord. If you're feeling Him touch an area in your heart, and then all of us together that want to, if your heart is yes, Lord, line me up with what you're doing in the earth. Line me up with the move that you're releasing. Line me up with what you're doing. Not my will, but yours be done. I want you just to confess that right now with your mouth. Confess that, oh Lord, Lord, any area in my life that is not lined up, I want you to line up, Lord. Click me back into joint like a chiropractor. Lord, because of trauma, because of things, because of times I've gotten hit, Lord, I ask you to come and heal us up. Get us lined up, Lord. We want our hearts to be lined up with your heart. Lord, release your heart. Release your heart, Jesus. Release your heart in us. Release your heart in us, Jesus. Oh, we want desires from our Father, of Father. Oh, we want your desires to fill our hearts. Yes, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, in my life, use me. Line me up. Line us up. Come on, this is a significant moment este right now. Tell him personally right now. Line me up and sign me up. Line me up and sign me up. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. There's something on that. There, there's, there's some people in this place. There's an area in your heart. That if you're honest, you don't trust him. Because you've been hurt. He's after that right now. He's going to teach your heart to trust him again. Because he's faithful. And he's trustworthy. He's worthy of your trust. You can really trust him. You really can. Afraid to fail him again. Yes. 
The Lord wants to heal us. Today is your day to be yeah. healed yeah. from those things. Yeah. From the fear of failure. Yeah. Yeah, he's breaking off disappointment. He's breaking off hopelessness. He's bringing hope into this room again. Yeah. Also, the Lord is going to be waking people up in the night. He's going to be giving you dreams. Because he's got a specific call for you. And he's going to give us each a chance to respond. Lord, release that. Release that. Release your calls. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. Parents, go and get your kids. If you want to just stay and linger and keep saying yes to the Lord, let's let's do that together. We still got time. Tenemos tiempo si quieres quedarte y seguir orando y seguir ministrando el corazón del Señor but if you need to lo, go be blessed I feel the Lord wants to feel people with the joy of the Lord so if you need joy come up here receive the joy of the Lord that is his strength where Jesus is there is joy